We're very thankful today to be joined by Illinois State Representative Patrick Windhorst. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Will. Appreciate the opportunity. So a expected ruling was issued today by the Illinois Supreme Court. They upheld on a uh, four to three vote that the uh, Protect Illinois Communities Act, uh, which has been known as essentially an assault weapons ban, uh, is constitutional under the uh, Illinois Constitution. And so your thoughts? Well, uh, I was disappointed in the ruling, not surprised. Uh, I think most observers uh, thought with a uh, the Supreme Court's current makeup, the Illinois Supreme Court's current makeup, that uh, it would uphold that law and overrule uh, or reverse the circuit court. I still, though, reading uh, the information that's the opinion and the dissenting opinions, it's disappointing uh, that that was a result that was reached. It would have, you know, my view on it is more along the lines of what the dissenting opinions uh, have put forward and uh, that this law was unconstitutional even under Illinois state grounds. Um, you know, for, as you know, and I'm, I'm sure your listeners also know, there's other federal court cases that are currently being uh decided they've been heard in the seventh circuit uh and we're waiting those rulings hopefully soon which will uh probably uh provide a, a stronger basis for uh a finding of unconstitutionality would that so if a finding of unconstitutionality that's a a federal court uh the illinois Supreme Court, I'm not sure, do those two uh, then trigger like an automatic appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court? The uh, case that was uh, decided today by the Illinois State Supreme Court was only brought on state constitutional grounds, not on any federal constitutional grounds. So there there was not a Second Amendment claim under the, the U.S. Constitution in the Illinois case. So because that was decided solely on Illinois constitutional grounds, the federal courts have a rule where they do not change or reinterpret a state's constitution. Basically, the Illinois State Supreme Court is the final say on what the Illinois state constitution says. So that case, uh, the case was decided today under Illinois state constitutional grounds would be considered final. And uh, with the federal courts, prior rulings would not be appealable to the, the federal court. Is it possible that a uh, conflicting pair of federal rulings that would be appealed to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would find in such a way that a state-level Supreme Court case could be revisited based upon a U.S. Supreme Court precedent that was set, or am I uh, sort of out in a uh, legal left field? Well, I think uh, for purposes of this issue, and the other case that is uh, being decided in the Seventh Circuit, whatever is decided either in the Seventh Circuit, if that's the final ruling, or in the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, that's where the Seventh Circuit's appeals would go, would be the U.S. Supreme Court. If that is the final court on federal constitutional grounds, that would trump the state constitutional ruling because of the supremacy clause in the U.S. Constitution, which basically uh, holds it uh, federal law is superior uh, to state law. So it, it gets complicated because the Illinois ruling of today was on Illinois constitutional grounds. If there is no federal ruling uh, or no federal case, if there were none, 
then that would be the final ruling as related to that case. Because there's a separate federal case on U.S. constitutional grounds, that could lead to a different result, which would uh, be superior to the state constitutional ruling. So, long story short, uh, there is the potential for this law to still be overturned, but that is uncertain. It's uncertain. Uh, you know, I think many observers are uh, have a degree of confidence that it will be overturned in the federal court just because of the uh, case of uh, Bruin, the Bruin decision from last year, which uh, was a strengthening of the Second Amendment right uh, to keep and bear arms, uh, following in the line of Heller and McDonald, some cases that are in the past 15 years. Uh, so it's uh, believed by observers that uh, that federal case has is there going to be the stronger grounds than the state case was. Illinois State Representative Patrick Windhorse with us today. I did find it interesting that there was a Democratic dissenter in Justice Mary K. O'Brien, and in her uh, dissent, she basically lines out that you know that the the evils that the legislation was designed to combat uh, essentially will not be combated by this legislation because it doesn't prevent weapons manufacturers, some located within Illinois, from continuing to sell assault weapons um, and large-capacity magazines to out-of-state residents who then may potentially perpetrate a mass shooting. Uh, And she continued by writing, because 60% of the weapons used in crimes in Illinois come from out of the state, the legislation does not further its purported goals of reducing the number of weapons in the state. And so... um, it wasn't. It was a ruling that was expected, but I don't know that anybody expected there to be a Democratic dissent. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, I thought uh, what I read of her uh, dissenting opinion. I thought that was a uh, strong reasoning and uh, strong rationale. We have in our state constitution a prohibition against special legislation, and uh, what her ruling said, what her not her ruling, but her dissenting opinion said, was that the both the classification of uh, firearms and other prohibited items and uh, the classification of individuals who could still buy versus those who aren't allowed to buy uh, these firearms ran afoul uh, or was against that constitutional provision because there was no basis uh, that could be supported logically why those classifications would exist. As you uh, quoted, the harm intended to be remedied is not solved by this legislation. So it would be one that is uh, considered, those classifications that would be considered special groupings or special legislation. Well, we appreciate your time today. We don't want to hold you long. We know that you are uh, hosting a uh, golf outing today. And um, I don't know if you're just uh, on the practice green or uh, if <laughs> you know, you're just out driving everyone from the, uh, from the furthest tees back. What exactly are you doing? Well, uh, Basically, I'm I'm a I'm a an observer. Uh, I, it's not really safe to other people or property for me to be hitting any golf balls uh, <laughs> because uh, I'm not much of a golfer. Uh, so <laughs> I uh, in, enjoy talking about the game and and uh, seeing people play. But uh, I'm I'm also very happy to host and uh, of course very thankful to people who are playing in the outing. Well, I only know one golf joke, and it's stolen from Milton Burrow, and he said that golf is flog spelled backwards. <laughs> that's, so, that's, 
That's true. Yeah. Can't argue with that. No. <laughs> so feel free to use that today as you uh, feel feel need, uh, the, the need to do so. All right. Yes. Well, uh, we thank you for your time and, and for giving us a few moments to uh, react to this uh, ruling today. Thank you much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.